Hilchas Nachalis, chapter 7. Uh, here the Ramam goes on to, to describe the, the relationship between an heir and someone who may have passed away. Right? Usually inheritance means the guy passed away. Mm-hmm. What if we're not sure? Halacha, the heirs don't inherit. They have to bring proof that the person, that, that the, the uh, person who's bequeathing to them nice. indeed passed away. If all they heard was a rumor he died, or non-Jews return from a trip and they're talking. Now, they're not testifying. If they were testifying in court, it obviously wouldn't count. You don't accept a non-Jew's testimony in a based in. But if they're just chatting, and sometimes when a non-Jew chats uh, casually, you do take the information and make it halakhically relevant in certain things. Even though in, in, in a certain scenario like that, you would maybe allow the woman to get remarried based on the, the non-Jews relating, as we learned in, in, uh, earlier in the Ramam elsewhere, that the information they are telling us randomly seems to indicate, or is pretty clear, that, she passed, that the husband passed away, she can remarry. That's as far as not leaving her as an unmarried woman. But that's not sufficient in order to allow the heirs, let's say it's a bunch of brothers, that's not sufficient to allow them to go and take his estate and start dividing and start using it. That's, that would not work. You have to have a more of a clear proof. Okay. Halacha base. <clears throat> when a woman shows up and says, in, in uh, the, the, her hometown, she goes on a trip with her husband overseas, she comes back alone, by my husband died. Even though she believed her, and we let her remarry, and she also gets her ksuba payout, that does not allow the heirs of the supposedly dead person to divide his estate. Because even though we're believing her insofar as letting her get remarried, the assumption is, is that she's going to do a thorough investigation. In the previous case, um, uh, or in this case rather, she's coming and saying my husband died and we're, we ask her how she knows and there's a whole procedure, but she has to basically be saying she knows for sure. She can't just be using, you know, assumptions. Mm-hmm. When she does that, we assume she's not going to put herself in a situation where she's going to get remarried and the husband's still alive because that, what happens if the husband shows up? I mean, now we know she lied. She's going to, all her children are not legitimate. She's going to be forbidden to her, to her uh, second husband. The, the brother. Well, if, let's say, the, 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 no, no, not the brother. Let's say, let's say a woman who was not childless. The man's not childless. No, no brothers. So the point is, is that a woman who comes and says, my husband died, I want to get remarried, we believe her. That doesn't mean we believe her that the, that the husband's dead and therefore his brothers or his children or his father, whoever the heir would be, are allowed to take his estate. We don't, ex- we don't extend it that far. If she says, my husband died, and, then she, and the situation is such that the brother died childless, and therefore when she marries the brother-in-law, in that instance, the brother-in-law does get the estate of his, of his dead brother based on what she says. Unlike a regular case of inheritance, we do transfer to him. Shemad says, The Pasuk says that when he marries the widow, he gets the brother's inheritance. So if the situation is such that the halacha lets him marry the woman because we believe her even though she's just one person and a woman, nevertheless, uh, it, it, so, it, so we believe her as far as getting remarried to the brother, brother-in-law, now husband, that's sufficient also for him to Take the estate for how to come, and therefore he has inherited it. Okay, so, uh, so, so, so far what's happening over here, right? In a case where, um, uh, in a case where she comes in Allah Khabbas and says, my husband died, we believe her, as far as her getting remarried. We don't 
Use that as evidence that the guy died, and therefore the heirs can take the estate. We want, we want more proof. But as far as the idea of not living her as an aguna, not leaving her as somebody who's uh, you know, tied that can't remarry, we're, we're lenient because she's giving us information that, we're, that, that, that says he died for sure. She's not assuming. She's saying, I know he's dead. And she's saying something like, I saw him get decapitated, let's say, for example. Now the question is, do we believe her? We believe her that that actually transpired, which means he's absolutely dead. Therefore, she get remarried. We don't believe in terms of, we don't accept it in terms of when to, to have, have the estate inherited. The same thing would be, for example, in the Halacha Aleph where it says, we hear rumors he died or non-Jews are chit-chatting and they say that he died, right? They say that this guy passed away, right? So that again is sufficient to the, for the woman to get remarried. Mm-hmm. It's not sufficient to inherit, to cause him to inherit, right? Okay. Because again, we assume that the woman hears them saying her husband died, she's going to investigate the matter. So we're relying on that as well. But again, it's all for the purpose of not leaving her as someone who, who uh, can't get remarried. How could she have in mind to remarry if the, the, the husband is not dead? Oh, that's exactly the point. We're assuming that's not going to happen. Normally, a woman's testimony, one person for most things, certainly a woman, bears no weight. Certainly as, a matter as severe as... If she comes and she says, and she says uh, my, my neighbor, she comes back, she says to her neighbor, your husband was on a business trip overseas. I was there on vacation. I saw him get killed. You can go remarry. We don't believe her. It's only for herself you believe her. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's, I'm sorry, that's not corrected. That's not so simple. There, there, there is room to accept what she says. It's, but the point is, is that, is that, is that um, in other matters, we normally, normally testimony of a woman is not valid. Here it is. But again, what is she saying happened? She's saying with absolute certainty the husband died. Halacha Gimel is going to be a little different. Someone who drowned in a body water that has no end. What does it mean it has no end? It means from the place he drowned, you know, the ship, let's say, where he fell off to the ocean, you can't see the shore from any direction, which means you're more than 33 miles away from the shore, yeah? Okay, that means it has no end. And, and people stayed there, and, they, they, and, and, they, and they, they, they didn't see him come up afterwards, and it was in enough time where a person would definitely die being under the water that long, Yeah? Witnesses coming, two witnesses, kosher witnesses are saying, we saw him fall into the ocean, he did not come back up, and the Avazichai is not what they're saying, Avazichai means that, again, no trace of him has been, has been left, and he doesn't show up anymore. Yeah? Uh, again, how much time you wait, whatever it is. Even though you would not allow his wife to remarry ideally, because even though these are two kosher witnesses who saw this happen, they're not saying with absolute certainty he died. They're saying what they saw happen. It's presumable that he died. But that's very different than someone saying, I saw him, I saw him get decapitated and, I, and we buried him, right? Despite the fact she's not ideally allowed to get remarried, even though if she does get remarried, we don't, we, don't, we don't force her to leave yet, unless the husband shows up on his own two feet and she has a problem. Still, we don't allow the Yerushim to inherit, right? So, uh, excuse me. That is sufficient, sorry. That is sufficient for the heirs to inherit based on that, that, that testimony, right? Since Because um, over here, mind you, since, since what happened is something that there's two Adams saying with high probability he died, the woman's not saying what she saw, she's relying on them. We're worried she's not, she's not going to do a thorough investigation, right? Well, a lot, a lot of this is the, we're certain the woman's going to really make sure she doesn't get messed over over here. Now, similarly, if the Adim didn't see him fall in the ocean, they saw him fall into a den of lions or the Meirim is... Um, he says you're tigers, but usually, usually I think it's a leopard. Number means spotted. The Gemara Mishnah talks about Arovis that are spotted. So a leopard has spots. It could be a tiger, a leopard, some kind of some kind of feline cat besides a lion. Yeah, a panther. They saw him hung up on a cross. You know the way the game would do it, and the birds are actually eating from him. 
But again, they didn't, they didn't see him actually die, right? This is, this is, this is, this is, they saw something that assumes he died. Or for example, he was, you know, stabbed in a war and he died. In other words, they're assuming he died. It doesn't mean that he, um, it doesn't mean that they're saying for sure that he died. Or he was killed and he did not recognize his face. Again, if he was stabbed in the war and he died, he was murdered. And they don't recognize his face. Because when they come to see the body, his face is not, not, not uh, you can't, even the time, you know, it, it rotted or like it got burned, so you can't, you can't recognize him. But they recognize his body marks, maybe, or clothing. But they have clear signs on his body, like a birthmark next to his right nose or something, I don't know. They recognize it, right? These scenarios, if his memory is erased, in other words, there's no, no trace of him, no one ever mentions ever seeing him, right? So whatever, at the time, the drama's not clear how long they have to pass. But somehow the time passes and it's clear that nobody has ever heard from this guy ever again. That allows the heirs to go down and inherit. Even though these scenarios, we don't give the woman permission to remarry, right? So why do we give permission to remarry? That's what I'm saying when it says before Mace, they're, they're, they don't know for sure. They're assuming, right? So, or it could be the Vart is, you're supposed to read it. And the bottom line is, both the scenarios don't recognize him. What's going on over here? Two witnesses are saying with test absolute certainty what happened. We don't doubt that. And therefore, it's a strong possibility he died. It's enough of her, uh, in terms of monetary halacha to let them take the estate, divide, and use it. But its assumption that he died is not strong enough to let him get remarried. In the previous case, the event that supposedly happened, he was decapitated by Goyim with a sword. Meaning he died, right? For sure. The child did actually happen. The woman's saying, I saw it. The, 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 the Goyim are saying, I, I, you know, uh, what, what they say. So, so that is the opposite. That's enough to get, another, get remarried, but it's not sufficient to certainty in terms of letting them get the, get the, get the Yerusha. Here's Fakir. Here, what, we, what happened is sufficient grounds to assume he died and to allow them to inherit. But it's not for sure that he, even if that thing did happen, he tapped the fell into a den of lions and heard, they heard him screaming. And they ran away because they didn't want to get eaten themselves. But it's not for sure that he died. In the Mela, they, 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 she can't get remarried. So it's the opposite, right? So we're talking about, there's, 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 a, there's a previous case, that it's, a, it's a less of a strong Aedus in terms of who's saying it, but the event is clear he died. Here, the Aedus is clear, two kosher Aedus. The event that happened is only a presumption that he died. Okay. The reason when it comes to these type of scenarios where we assume the guy, a strong probability he died, and we don't let him get remarried is because getting remarried is a very serious thing. If she's when it comes to money, if witnesses testify something happened, which is a chazaka that he died, even though it's not for sure, and they saw that happen, and then again, that no one ever heard from ever again, there's no rumors he's around. Again, how long has to pass? I'm not sure, three days, a year, three years. And then, and then they hear Taka that he died, you know, with why did I'm I'm not sure. But the point is, is that, uh, as far as we know, no one ever heard from him again. That's enough. To allow them to inherit. And if nice. Taka, he shows up, then fine, they have to, they have to give, give it back. Because this is a common thing. When they have situations, right? People are, uh, you know, uh, overseas and someone comes back and says that they saw him, you know, there's a shipwreck. There's a shipwreck, right? No, but, I mean, we, no one, you know, one guy swam to shore. Did you sit, look around and make sure the other guy's drowned? No, but after that, nobody heard from this guy ever again. It's been a couple of years. 
We don't find anybody who has a problem with this halacha. Doubt. Shalvashinishba, a captive is captive. Yeah, a guy went on vacation to North Korea. They didn't like him, they arrested him. Or whatever it is. We're talking about a case who's captured by Goyim, not that you know the Hakanah and the Irgun. We're talking about Goyim is not massive, yeah? Because that has its own set of halachas. Vishamushamesh, they hear he died. Again, he's captured by Goyim. They hear that he died in captivity, which is not, a, not an uncommon thing. The Goyim didn't feed him, they killed him. And the Yorishim went down to the, you know, the brothers, let's say in this case, went down to his, his estate, they divided it. Even though they're not supposed to, because this is a case where we don't know if we have sure aidus, it's like in the previous halacha as well. A case in the previous halacha as well, I imagine, uh, like he, he fell in the ocean. Same idea. Um, um, they're not allowed to go down to the estate. And, and, and um, if they divide it, though, you let them keep it unless he comes, when he comes back. And similarly, would be somebody who ran away because of danger, right? The mafia is after him. Right? There's, there's a likelihood that the person died. Dalim's example, again, is a person who's held in captivity or he, uh, he ran away uh, because uh, he was in danger. I think, again, the, halal, the examples in Halacha Gimel would also be in this category where if they not supposed to divide the estate, if they do, you don't kick them out. However, if someone intentionally leaves town on a business trip and then they hear he passed away over there and the, and the Yerushim divided it over there he went on a normal thing they heard unfortunately he passed away but it's not as likely as in the case of persons in jail in the Goyesha country right so therefore you kick him out until they bring clear proof that he died then you let them take him into the estate because you know, you might ask, what's the problem? If he comes, we'll take it back to him. The answer is, that's, that's, that's a pain. Don't ruin something. Right. A person who was captive, right? The person ran away because his life was in danger. The mafia was after him. So we just said that the best does not let them go into the property. So what happens? Let the house become uh, overrun and then fall apart. So, or the field, what happens to the field, right? Bezin has a chiyuv to, uh, you know, uh, this poor guy, right, who's captured or ran away because he has his afraid for his life. Bezin has a chiyuv to take care of his property, to, to, to you know, to, to oversee it. Kate to the Asian, what is Bezin supposed to do? Call Matalton, you of God, The movable property, right, his clothing, his everything, whatever, that's given to a person Bezin trusts to keep a safeguard. Right? Because, again, over here in Allah, Allah, hey, there's no rumor that the guy who was taken captive died. We don't know what the story is. Where is he? He's in jail with Korea, not talking. We have no idea. Right? Okay. Or a soldier is kidnapped by Syria. We have no idea what the story is. Right? So there's a chiv to this, what they have to do. Right? So, that's the chiv. So, the movable property basically gives to someone they trust. Not a relative, mind you, because a relative may. It seems the relatives who are a shaykh to inherit. I get too comfortable. <laughs> so we don't want that. That's in terms of movable property. However, the move the land, the guy has fields, that you bring a relative to a craven, a relative, you have him start, you know, uh, taking taking possession of the property, using the property. A craven a relative who's shy to be a Yerish if he finds out he passed away. To work the karka, lisask pahen, and to be busy with it, until they finally passed away. Until he shows up. Because a guy is ready to be Yerusha, one day will inherit, hopefully. That's what he thinks, right? So he's going to take care of the property. He doesn't want to go to waste. He doesn't want to... to, to. So I'm a sharecropper. Well, he wants to grow good crops. 
So he'll grow good crops. He'll do kind of crops that ruin, ruin the soil. He doesn't care. He wants his crop. He wants his, his, his wheat. A relative's not going to do that. He's going to try to take care of the property. And hopefully when this guy who's in jail is finally let go, or the guy who ran away because the mafia was after him, shows up. Sham, what, what do you do? How do they, they give the land back him, obviously. But the people who were there have to keep a chesh, they have to hold, hold the show a spreadsheet of what they did, what they benefited Whatever the standard arrangement is with, with your average sharecropper. And, they, and, and, and all this entire time, when they're you know, selling, giving away this guy's uh, his half, 50%, whatever it is, they're probably selling it and putting the money in account for him, but they have to give him the money back. So why does Bezdin not appoint Stama caretaker? Take care of it until the guy shows up. Until the owner shows up, or find out he dies. As, as Bezdin does, mind you, if let's say a guy passes away and leaves a two-month-old baby with a big property, Bezdin has somebody go and to take care of it as a chesed. These relatives get a cut. Why does Bezdin do the same chesed to this guy? to set up a, a, this kind of caretaker arrangement with an adult and this he can take, he can take care of himself and this guy Dr. Kud, he was so busy but it's not Bezin's Chiyuv also mind you it seems that the person is more willing to do it for a child because it's a mitzvah but for an adult it's less likely to have people work for free okay so that's why that's the word so Bezin doesn't have a random person they have specifically a relative who's shy to inherit Take care of the property, benefit from it as a sharecropper, and if it's a, if it's a, if it's a field, let's say, and then, then when the guy shows up, they give him his, his cut. What if a person taken captive? Yeah. Sorry, I thought meant he ran away from his captives. No, no, no. The guy is kidnapped by pirates, yeah? Or Baruch HaMasuk and the guy who's in danger for his life and the mafia's after him, he runs away from town. If this field we're talking about in Halacha, hey, what if it has grain or grapes that are ready to harvest? And dates ready to cut, or olives to harvest. So with this, that Bez Dintaka first has someone who bezin the point goes to the field and harvest it. Those, all, those four words all mean harvest. Depends what the product is. Kaitzer is harvest wheat and Baitzer is harvest grapes. Kaitzer is harvest dates and Maisik is harvest olives, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, Kaitzer is grapes, sorry. Another of them is, yeah. No, sorry, thank you. No, Kaitzer is wheat and Baitzer is grapes. Yeah, good. They sell the produce. The bezin puts the cash with the movable property in Bezdin with the caretaker, so that's when you do what Allah Ha'i says, have relative go down and start working the field in order to be a sharecropper. Why? If first the relative goes down without this arrangement, these fruits that are ready to be eaten, pick them off and eat them, it's very easy for him to benefit from and hide without giving the fair cut to the, to the guy who owns the field. If it's a whole harvest, he has to air start from scratch, a whole grape harvest, so we're going to see, he's not going to be able to hide it. But this, he's going to come, he'll have a fabrengen, eat all the grapes, and then he'll start, you know, dividing with the owner. That's, we don't want that. Same thing would apply if it's not a field. 
it's a piece of property, a real estate, a building or house that a courtyard or a, or a store or, or, or a, put it like a rent in, in, in a kretschmer. Which are meant to be rented out. There's no need to work it. It's just you, you come, you, you collect the rent, right? People don't give it out a sharecropping agreement. Again, there's no need to have the relative there. Either way, Whoever's going to keep paying with the rent check, it keeps making it out to the owner, they keep depositing in his savings account, and the guy shows up, have the money. Masha ain't going to be a property, it's going to be neglected. today, so what do you do? Bezin, my bezin, Lehangavi, Bezin puts a grover here to make sure that everything's legitimate. Via Sacha Manuch, Bezin, Ashove, Rai, Shemes, the rent is put in Bezin in court, in escrow, until you bring a Rai that the guy died, in which case the Yerush should get the money. He shows up and gets his money. Good. Zion. You only let a relative take possession in these situations until the guy shows up or we find out for sure he passed away. If it's a field or a garden or a vineyard, he's, that's the only time you give it. You don't give a relative a property, a golden watch. You don't give him all the other things or, or, a, or a, a building that's rented out. And the whole arranger is only like he's an artist, right? Not like a partner. Because the purpose over there is, is that if no one's going to use it, it's going to be fallow and it's going to, it's going to be ruined and overgrown. All the weeds, it's going to be ruined property. That's why we do the relative over there. Comes to movable property, you don't need to do anything. Put it in a box and the guy will get it and he comes back. And in terms of the house, Bezdin wants the best doesn't need, don't need a relative that because the relative will worry is going to actually take advantage. The reason why we put it, so that, the guy who ran away owns a building, we have someone else just making sure the building is running and collecting the rent. Again, a relative might take advantage, collect the rent for himself. We don't want that. A piece of property, if we have, like a, like a, like a, a Bez is not going to appoint uh, an overseer because it's not, it's not a child, so no one's going to work for free. And the Ram says, not Bez, Mitzchiv, to take care of the adults. To have a sharecropper, I mentioned before, and have him work the land and split the profits with the owner, the sharecropper is going to grow something that's going to perhaps give him a lot of profit, but it's going to ruin the, ruin the soil. We don't want that. Therefore, a relative is going to inherit, he'll take care of the soil. Ches. Someone who intentionally said goodbye, I'm leaving, I'm going to find spirituality in Tibet, on a mountain. I'll be back. Right? And he went, and that's it. He left his property behind. And you see this house is locked, no one's coming in now, the weeds are growing, the weeds are already in the house, you see a tree in the middle of the living room already. Where'd he go? What happened to him? You don't let the relatives go down to this property. Either going to Taina, we're going to inherit, it's getting ruined, and it's not fair, we're going to have a ruined house. If they go down, you don't force them to leave. Has no to be worried about what's happening with the range situation, to make sure that this relative is taking care of it, that that relative, or the relative doctor knows how to work the land, and, or, 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 or a caretaker. Neither to his moving property or his, or his land. On his own volition, he left, left his property. Now you can say, well, the fact you haven't heard from him is that he passed away. Until you hear something, if you hear rumor he passed away, that's another story. That was that was we had earlier. Could be a little different. But um, actually, even over there, he, he left for, for various reasons. He was he was uh, he was under duress. Over here, he left voluntarily. You hear he passed away. Could be taka better than has to go arrange something. But over here, we didn't hear anything yet. What do you do with the guy's property? property. If someone of the relatives comes and chaps it and says he's going to keep it in case he has passed away, let him keep it. Because who, who's the Maitzi? The guy who left town. When he shows up, make it entire. Until then, you have, we have not, we, we're not mechuyiv to go and grab away from him. Until the guy shows up and demands it. Or until we hear he passed away. And the Yershin will demand it from this guy. 
Oh, so the case here was the person who grabbed it is actually not even a Yerush, maybe. Maybe he is a Yerush. One second. Des is going to let some random guy go grab it? I'm not sure about that. Who the Vart is, is that the Yerush are going to. It's one Yerush who grabbed it, I think. That's the Vart. And the other Yerush would say, one second, you have to divide it among us. That's the Khur, the, the, the Vart. Okay. Unless the guy only has one heir. That could be right. Uh, yeah, fine. Tess. Vakakoyas, the guy's land. Right? What should you do with it? Um, if he left someone living there. So, so in other words, shachin in this case doesn't mean a neighbor. It means somebody's actually using the property. Right? He has, he has a, the, guy, the guy has a, rent, a renter in his basement. Who's the guy supposed to rent to? We, we kick him out of the house. What do we do? We don't take rent from him because we have no idea if, we, if the guy who's supposed to pay the rent to... Uh, passed away and if you give it to the Yerushim the guy's going to show up it's going to be hard to get the money from them maybe, maybe they'll spend it on Mashkas so and not have the money so therefore he doesn't pay rent the guy has, has any brains so he'll put the money aside in case he has to pay a lot of rent one shot but there's no chiv to rent anybody the landlord's job is to demand the rent it's not our chiv to demand the rent on behalf of the landlord if the landlord left town if it was a field or a vineyard that had not a, a, a sharecropper, which is like a renter, mind you, can remember sharecropper divides the you know loot or the pro- crop rather profit with the owner. Whatever arrangement it was, let him keep using it till the guy shows up. The sharecropper takes fifty percent, and he'll give up fifty percent till he'll uh, he'll hopefully have enough seichel to leave till the guy that comes. And whenever the guy shows up, he will have to pay him. What if the guy left town in the field that he didn't have, he didn't do anything with it, it was an empty lot? Or a vineyard that he didn't do anything with it? Yisharabum, let it stay, let, let, let it stay uh, fallow, let it stay empty. He basically, essentially, is losing his money on his own. Ram is explaining over here, doesn't Bezin have a to protect this guy's property? Ram says, it's like a guy intentionally throws his money on the street. Person intentionally throws this lost mm-hmm. object away, you're not going to back to him. If the guy loses something, you're not going to back to him. This is not, not a case of that. You're the, you're, oh, now they hear this guy, he went, went to, they went to the cult and they, they killed him right there in Jonestown. Then Bezin goes, he takes all the metaltalin and the chayr, also the metaltalin that other people took, whatever it was, and people, and, and they give it to a Trust with your person. And we do the procedure as before, where you put a relative, Shaykh to inherit in the fields and vineyards to work it. Till we can confirm he passed away, and then we divide the, the, divide the estate. Oh, actually, or if he shows up himself, he gives back to him. 